All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Radical Impact Podcast. I am your co-host tonight. My name is Darren Priest. I'm here along with my daughter and business partner, Allie Priest. Hello, everyone. And uh, we are here tonight with a very special friend, and uh, we're really looking forward to chatting with him. Um, Eric Sprague is here from, uh, he's the co-host of the Blue Collar Nation podcast and owner of tech meeting or tech morning 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 tech meeting morning tech meeting .com. it's a mouthful uh, yeah um eric has been uh, a great friend of mine for a long long time Absolutely. and uh, we've known each other for quite some time some time and we've been through quite a few trials and tribulations together right yes we have so, yeah, <laughs> being so, the owner of a restoration company is no joke right so <laughs> Welcome, Eric. We're glad you're here with us. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the invite. I'm really stoked to be here, too. Yeah, so um, we chatted today, Allie and I, on our uh, Facebook Live for just a second about you, um, talking about coming on our podcast, and cool. uh, we talked about you becoming this up-and-coming author. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it, man. You're working on it, right? Uh, so we're really, really kind of excited to chat with you a little bit. Um, about your new book that you're writing yep. um, and you've wrote you have you have the first you're the only person that's ever seen this other than Larry and oh, Allie and Allie, Allie read it yeah. today too. <laughs> okay yeah it's not done as you guys I'm sure, sure. can see but the, the the outline's there yeah so we're really kind of uh, excited to chat about that but uh, want to kind of uh, give you a minute to tell everybody a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, just like you, owned a cleaning and restoration business for quite a long time, uh, about 13 years. We sold it a year and a half ago. We were in Southern California. My, when I say we, I'm talking about my business partner, Larry Wilberton and myself. And uh, before that, I was the vice president of operations at a golf simulator manufacturer. So doing operations for a long time, running guys for a long time. Um, it, it was easier at the golf place because I, I only had to run guys. I didn't have to do all the entrepreneurial stuff that, that goes along with it. That, that definitely made it harder, you know, it certainly as you does, well does. know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so my passion is running technique, you know, is basically teaching, training, and running technicians. That That's, I think, my calling. And okay. uh and that's why I started morningtechmeeting.com. Okay. So what, what is morningtechmeeting.com? Can you give sure. us a little bit of information about it? Yeah. Morningtechmeeting.com is a video membership site. So I do a six to eight minute vi vi training video every single day for technicians, basically field technicians, because you know, Darren and Allie, whether you're an electrician, a plumber, a carpet cleaner, a restoration guy, showing up at somebody's door, all the same skill sets apply. So that is where to park your van, how to ring the doorbell, how to address a client, you know, how to behave in the home, how to do property protection, how to do upsells, all the things that make for a good service experience, that's what I train. And that's what helped build our restoration company and in, in, in carpet cleaning. And Darren, I know you and I are very much on the same page with a lot of this. Sure, the sure. theater of business is what separates the companies that get a lot of work and get top dollar from the ones who don't, generally speaking. 
So I spend a lot of time and energy and effort with my own team having these morning meetings to get my technicians to buy into the culture of creating a wonderful service experience for my client. And then when we sold, I decided to start this morningtechmeeting.com because I think there's a, a need and a lack in the blue collar service business that most companies don't do a great job with this. Sure. And that's, uh, sure. and that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, it's a new company. We started in September and uh, Larry and I, just like with the, any other business, we're grinding. Right. Right. So, well, I know well, you, you, you and Larry both are really, really focused on grinding. You're not afraid to work hard. Um, no. <laughs> you've always, um, one of the big things you've always told me is that you're an implementer. And uh, I've always respected that about you guys. So, yeah, um, you. so let's talk a little bit about this book. Sure. Um, blue collar, blue collar leader. The blue collar leader. Um, so tell me, I have I've read through it, okay. um, and it rang home to me a thousand percent. In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> uh, well, kind of both. Yeah, right. That's the I point, mean, it, right? Yeah, I mean, it was totally. You know, you talking about. Um, the, one of the questions you ask in the book is, do you hate your blue collar service business? Yeah. And there was many times where, yeah, I dreaded going to work every day. Well, you know, this book that I'm writing, I'm really writing it for that owner that wakes up every morning. And instead of being excited to go to work, they're kind of dreading going to work. Sure. And, you know, I remember when I kind of, and, and I think I talk about this in the book a bit, we all had a dream one day. We had a dream where we sat down and we said, I want to start my plumbing business, electrical business, water damage restoration business. And in their mind's eye, you had this thing where you'd kind of go in and get the guys going and everybody's happy and giving everybody high fives. All the trucks look good. Customers love you. You're making tons of money. You go fishing during the middle of the day. You might come back at the end of the day to make sure that everybody's happy and had a good day and you go home. Right. How many days, Darren, in your life did that happen? Well, let's see. I am 49 years old and <laughs> I can't remember that ever happening. Right. So, you know, the, the book is really a call out to every guy that feels that way to say, okay, what do I have to do to get my business to look maybe not exactly like the dream, but closer to the dream than the nightmare that most guys live every day? where they show up at work, there's instant problems, people aren't getting along, trucks look terrible, equipment's broken, you know, customers are upset. You know, that's, I think that's an epidemic for most blue collar service businesses. And I, look, I experienced lots of that, mm -hmm. but I did do the work and you talked about implementing. I built the systems out, but really it was the training. It was the morning meetings where I started investing. My, I stopped investing all my time trying to train them technically and trying to manage every little aspect of my business. And I started taking that time, resource, and energy and putting it into training them on the soft skills that create a service experience. And then all of a sudden, you know, over a year, year and a half, I was actually able to leave at midday and go ride my bike for two hours or whatever. And I could come back and it wasn't chaos. Right. And 
look, it wasn't easy to get there. I'm not, it, nothing in the book, as you know, says that it's easy. Right, exactly. I'm not, I'm not that guy that's going to shoot sunshine up your rear end. Right. It's work. <laughs> but if you do the work, you get to reap the reward. Sure. You know, so really cool. it's, it's, it's a book for every guy like you and I. Right. Okay. Well, let me ask you this first question sure. um, that I come up with. Um, we got our dog barking in the background. Hey, man, um, look, with the, new, with the new social distancing, I think that's the new normal for everybody. Right? right. So let me ask you this. So writing this book, being in the position that you've been in, in owning a service business, um, and going through all of the crazy that you've gone through in the, over the years, what do you tell a business owner operator um, when they think that they know all there is to know about business and when truth be told they're dying inside just like you were just like I was well Darren as, as you know because you and I have been through coaching systems together different coaches and and, and we've had many conversations the guy who thinks that he's got it all figured out is almost always the guy who has it the least figured out because their ego is getting in the way of making real change. Right? Sure. Sure. And I think the other thing is that it's the same person and personality type that thinks they have it all figured out is also the person who blames their team for everything, always has an excuse why, you know, it isn't the way they want it, you know, and if you really look at, think of the service businesses that you know that do very well. Usually the owner is quite humble and they have that quest for knowledge to get better, right? You know, right. They're, they're the total opposite of the know-it-all owner. Mm -hmm. The know-it-all owner can't get out of their own way. You know, the guy that always says, well, you know, I got it all figured out, blah, 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 is usually the guy who has like two trucks, and he runs around screaming at his guys all day. Right. Right. You know, calling them names and yeah, and and all of that. And you know, if they would just stop and think for a minute and, and, and think logically, if they looked around and said, who has the business that I really want? Who, you know, <laughs> if they could just stop the ego for a second and look around town, because there's always the good service business in town. Somebody's doing it well. And say, what are the traits that that owner has? I bet there would almost always be that the owner has built a great culture, respects their people, and spends a lot of time training them. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, um, so... Yeah, I'm having a hard time with hearing you too, Allie. You're cutting out really bad. Give me a second. Is that better? There you go. Okay. Uh, so for the employers that don't necessarily train their employees and just kind of go day to day and whatever else, how do you get them to see the light at the end of the tunnel and how to, um, you know, wake them up and teach them how to grow their people? Well, as your dad well knows, <laughs> and me too, usually they have to they have to reach a threshold of pain to 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 make that leap to say that 
all right, I need some help. Like, you know, they can only do that so long until they finally realize that their life and their business are, are, are horrible. So once they reach that pain threshold, that usually allows them to start humbling themselves and go learn from people who actually have done it. Darren, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that a lot of times guys have to kind of um, hit that rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I think we're all a bit wired that way. Well, you're right. I mean, a business owner, I mean, we're, we got it all together. You know, well, you know the, thing, the thing is too, Allie, the skills, you, you got to look at the, how entrepreneurs think. So the skills that allowed them to have the courage to start a new business, you know, they have to be just like, you're a bit of a know-it-all then, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to have that confidence that I'm just going to make this happen and I'm going to throw this whole company on my back and I'm going to take it to the next level. That's all good at the startup point. As soon as you get more than like two or three guys, all of the skills that helped you in startup are now hindering you mm -hmm. because you're still behaving like a startup when all the skills that help you scale are the, almost the polar opposite of that. And that's usually yeah. where most business owners get stuck because they can't get out of startup mode. Startup mode should be like a year. <laughs> you know? right, right. And, and then after that, you have to be working on your skill. You, you have to, to pivot. That's a new buzzword. You got to pivot your and learn the skill sets to actually grow an organization. And that's where mm -hmm. guys trip up. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a great, great question. Um, why, why is it important to grow your team, to teach them the soft skills? I mean, you know, a lot of business owners, blue collar owners think, you know what, as long as my guys can do the technical side, I'll handle the rest. I'll handle the customers. I'll handle, you know, I've, I've been around some companies, business owners that I don't want my people, I don't want my guys talking to the customer. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I believe nothing should be further from the truth from that. If you, you know, Howard Partridge, who was both of our coach at one time, mine right. for a bit longer, Howard's saying is build the team or give up the dream. You right. know, that you can't scale a business on any level unless you have a team that can actually perform all the things that you need it to do, which is talk to customers, look good, uh, obviously be able to do the technical aspects but you know if you think about a service experience let's take a carpet cleaner we both know that so if if mrs jones calls to have her carpet cleaned and let's say she called three companies in her mind right or wrong she believes that all three companies know how to clean carpet right sure. equally well right. so then what she does is she bases her service experience on how well the technicians talk to her, how they look, how they answer the door, you know, go to the door, property protection, all the things that are the theater of business. So the guy that says, well, I'm just going to train my guys the technical stuff and I'll deal with the rest. He or she is really just sicking those people out on the general public when they have no real idea how to service a client properly. Sure. So then what happens? There's this cascade of problems where now, you know, let's say Bobby, Bobby's the technician. So Bobby knows how to clean carpet really well because that 
owner is a technician at heart, not a real entrepreneur. So he doesn't have systems for Bobby. He just says, watch me clean carpet and then I'm gonna give you a van. No soft skills training. So then Bobby goes and he's cleaning the carpet, but he's also running the hose and burning the grass off the front lawn. He's tracking stuff in, he's not using property protection. And then what happens? The phone call happens at the office to the owner. Now the owner drives over, you know, has to discount the job, hates Bobby, because Bobby's an idiot, right, <laughs> or whatever. And then instead of then fixing the problem, it's like the circuitous death cycle where that just keeps happening every day. And then that owner keeps growing somehow. And now there's five Bobbies. <laughs> so, you know, and Darren, you know, you get to the point where there's too many Bobbies and you can't keep all the balls in the air anymore. Exactly. And I've done it. Dude, I've done it. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't training guys on the theater of business in the early days. I'd go take them out on the truck, just like I was saying. I'd tell them how to do it. And then really just kind of throw caution to the wind and hand them a van. Right. I remember many times you calling me up and saying, what do I do? I'm yeah. about ready to kill these guys. Yeah. And, and, and in retrospect, it was all me. Right. All me. Because I wasn't giving them the tools to be successful. So, you know, I mean, Darren, you know, if we sat down with, it doesn't matter what trade, if we sat down with 10 trades guys at a dinner right now, all 10 would be sitting there complaining about their guys. Absolutely. Or nine of them. And the one guy who's figured it out is sitting there going, yeah, you don't have to live this way. Right. Right. And that, you know, it took me a long time, but I finally got to the point where I enjoyed coming in and I enjoyed training the guys every day because Everybody thinks that, you know, knowing your numbers, managing the jobs, inventory, you know, sales, all this stuff, that, that those are the things that make a, a business. But the foundation for that business is the culture that you build within it. And then you start stacking those things on top. Everybody's building that pyramid in our world upside down. Correct. You know. Yeah, I mean, it took a long time for me and many, 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 many sessions of coaching and stuff to figure out that, you know, sharing my goals and my dreams and my vision and mission and my values and everything with my people um, was key to my, was a, one of the keys to my success um, took me, oh man, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for me to figure that out slow learner with money <laughs> yeah who said who used to say that joe polish, joe polish. That. yep he loves his clients because they're slow learners with money right? that never made me feel good <laughs> <laughs> right correct <laughs> but i mean did, right. did you oh go ahead ali i'm sorry no you go ahead i was gonna move on but if well, we're still I was on gonna it keep say, going. when when you when when you had on the spot i mean didn't you find the same thing darren i mean you and i have kind of a sim i mean you were ahead of me and you were a mentor and a friend, but you know, I was seeing the same issues that you guys were having along the way. Oh, absolutely. But then you were doing the work to get better, you know, right. Still hard. Yeah, it was, it was, it was totally hard. And I mean, as much as I loved my guys, you know, I went, I, I probably had more overturn or turnover with my guys because I was, the idiot yeah. 
than I should have. You know, yeah. I um, have several... we're all great people. For the most, yeah. Part. Well, the thing is, is you know, it, Ellen Rohr says this all the time. It's like if you don't train them and have systems for them, it's really unfair to them. Absolutely. You know, because mm-hmm. then you start that cycle of you interview somebody and then you hire them thinking they have great potential. Then you don't train them and then you get mad at them and then you fire them. Exactly. And then and you just keep doing that same four steps mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and go, there's no good help. Yeah. When, how many times did you hear, how many times did you say that or hear oh, that? Oh, both. Right. There's <laughs> both. nobody to hire out there. Oh, yeah, I look, we're getting the, the bottom of the barrel. In the early days, I look back now and I'm ashamed at myself for the mindset that I had because I just didn't really understand. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope that answered the question. Absolutely. That was great. All right. So when you were first starting out or even after you'd been in business for a while, um, you mentioned in the book that you woke up and you didn't like going to work and you dreaded it. Um, When did it like... Did you have to hit rock bottom or when did you decide that you as a leader and as a business owner needed to make a change? I hit rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the rock bottom isn't out of business. Rock no. bottom is when you just get up in the morning and go, I, I just really don't go, like going there. You just can't take yeah. it anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, the thing is I have a business partner and he, if he's, you know, he's feeling the same way. So if both of us don't like going to work, I don't think we're going to be very successful. And like your dad said, we were both very driven though. So we wanted to be successful. So we had to then, again, I would say humble ourselves to say, okay, well, at any point we can wipe this clean and start over. And that's what people don't realize. They think like, oh, I can't start over. We've been in business 15 years and I have 10 people. But you know, if you start changing your behavior, like if you go, and don't say anything to anybody and go start learning these things and then doing something. I mean, this is why I started morningtechmeeting.com. Like, and you, all of a sudden you say, guys, we're going to meet for 10 minutes a day. And I have this video that I bought and it's for all of us. And then all of a sudden you start doing that. And then you start behaving differently. All of a sudden they'll forget old you like in three months. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that really happened to us. As soon as we started investing in them, then they started investing back. I mean, let me, let me tell you, I can tell you, Allie, how we did this. So we're having all these problems. Larry and I hate going to work every day. Like we'd literally get up and be like, I've created my own nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, Darren, you know what that feels like. <laughs> so we decided, you know, we're having all these problems. We're having callbacks. We're having breakages. We're having guys quit by text. We're having, you know, just, just nonstop problems. Uh-huh. And of course we're blaming the guys and this and that. So we decided to sit down and say, okay, what's the root of the problem? Okay. We don't have systems. They're all flying by the seat of their pants and we're flying by the seat of their pants and they don't have training, right? If we could just work on those two things, then that would probably be a good improvement. So what would happen was I started going in and we, we did a Monday meeting for like 30 minutes And I would just, I literally started taking like John Maxwell books or stuff like that and just doing a lesson that like, I didn't really have a purpose yet. Like I didn't have a system built out for it, but I just started saying, guys, this would be good for all of us. So we started doing that. And all of a sudden we noticed that guys aren't quitting as quickly or 
everybody's kind of starting to see it. We were doing disc training too, which that okay. was a game changer. And then I was like, okay, well, let's do Monday and Wednesday. So all of a sudden we had another day and then I started making it more structured. So on Monday, it was Monday morning, Monday mission statement, Monday. Right. So we would do a mission. We'd work out the mission statement every Monday so that everybody knew we were, this is what we're all shooting towards. And then on Wednesday, we would do something else. All of a sudden breakages go down, upsells start to go up, you know, like the good things are happening and they're starting to gel with Larry and I because we're putting time and effort in that dog. <laughs> so, um, he doesn't ever bark either. It's the funniest thing because it must be my voice. It's, no, it must be shrill. <laughs> there's people outside walking because you know we're all uh, home now, and yeah, um, nobody's ever outside our in our neighborhood, and but everybody is out walking now. So I'll just hold her until she stops. <laughs> okay. So then what we did is like we saw more improvement, so we started doing it every day for 15 minutes, right? And then as time went on. I had, you know, mission statement Monday, on Wednesdays we did DISC, on Tuesday we did in-home behavior, on Thursdays we did sales. Like we started having a rhythm to it. So it was the uh -huh. same every day. And then all of a sudden everything was getting better. And then we did like a bunch of big jobs and cash flow became a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And Larry looked at me and said, dude, we can't afford this morning meeting anymore. You know, like these guys have been doing this for two years now. They know it. So reluctantly, I was like, all right, guys, we're in a cash crunch, you know, we, no more morning meeting. Literally within two weeks, callbacks are up, <laughs> breakages are up, uh, upsells are non-existent, you know, all the things that we had spent all that time. And I looked at Larry and said, we're actually spending more money with all the problems than we ever were on the meetings. Right. So we went back and we had to eat crow and say, look, that was our fault, that was our bad, we weren't investing in you, you obviously didn't appreciate it, and we went back to the morning meeting and we never looked back. So sure. that's kind of where we started from and how we ended, and then it just got better from, from there. Would you, you say know? that your uh, guys respected you more when yeah. it was time for you to eat crow, right? Yeah. And so you sat them all down, you ate the crow, you were honest with them. Oh, right? 100%. Would you, say, would you say that that built um, some more trust in you guys? Oh, 100%, Darren. Um, you know, the fact is when you do a morning meeting, and this is what a lot of owners miss, they're just counting bodies. They're going 10 guys, 20 bucks an hour, you know, and they're just doing the math in their head. But what they're missing is, is that, that's the time when you're building social capital with your team. Mm -hmm. So when things do go wrong or look, we all have bad days, right? You, Darren, you ever gone on a job and it isn't how you like it and you have a bit of a meltdown. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I have, but when yep. you have that one meltdown a year, the guys know that you care about them because every day you're interacting with them. Correct. Every single day you're building social capital that you didn't have before. So when you do have it, they turn around and go, oh man, I let Eric down. He really flipped a, <laughs> a lid, you know, and, and he doesn't normally do that, you know? And sure. I think it built, like you said, it built a lot more trust because we also, when we weren't doing well, you know, restoration, it's up and down. 
you know, we would really sit them down and say, look, you know, this is, these, this is what's going on. We, we need to fix it, you know. And they were much, much more engaged than the previous crews. And, you know, what we would see, and I'm sure you've seen this too, you'd get one guy who becomes disgruntled. And the next thing you know, you lose three or four guys because they're all friends, right? Right. So you have, I call, it's like you have, you have teams, like you had a team and they all left and then you had another team and eventually they left. We stopped having them leave once we started doing the morning meetings. Right. And if one person left, nobody else would leave. Right. Like that was where I noticed. People would say, oh my God, I'm glad he's gone. And what we were getting to, I mean, we were not the highest paying company around town. There were other companies that for the same job were paying quite a bit more than we were. And guys would come to me on a job, just shooting the bull and say, Eric, you know, I could go make $5 an hour more over at this company, but you know what? They're not investing in me, me as a person like you are. So I'm not leaving. Right. Hmm. Well, that just saved me, that just saved me a whole bunch of money right there. I mean, so absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, You wrote a ebook the other day just kind of winging i know you guys have been doing um podcasts um, with people in the industry um for the last couple weeks 15 minutes yeah i think 15 it's minutes. been about three weeks since, three weeks since this all kind of went down right larry and i were like the best thing that we could do for our blue collar brothers and sisters is just to try to get people on talking about strategies sure. of what to do to cope with this. Right. We're not saying we have any answers, but putting out <laughs> I'm not sure anyone has the answers. Right. So tell me about this ebook um, crisis that you yeah, wrote. So I, um, you know, what would okay. you, what, what, what have you learned so far from all these other people in the industry that these owners should be doing at this point? Well, the reason I wrote the book, and I mean, I did it in one day. I just had this moment where I'm like, you know, people need something. And I want to provide something that gives a little bit of strategy and hopefully some hope, you know, with how to cope. Because, you know, when things go bad, it's easy just to go in the fetal position and do nothing. Right. And, uh, you know, like you have mentioned, we're doing these podcasts every day with, you know, industry experts from plumbing and heating and construction and water damage and, and all this. And, and you were on the show as well, Darren, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. And what I started to do is I started to see themes. All the people who I consider winners, the themes were the same because we wouldn't tell them what to say. We wouldn't, I wouldn't give them a sheet for these many things saying we want to talk about these things. I'd say, we'd literally open up almost with an open-ended question. So what are you seeing out there? And what could you tell somebody else to do? What, you know, if, if you were, if you still owned a service business or your business, what would you do? And we were seeing the same themes over and over, you know? So I used the, the word crisis as the title because we're in one, but I thought the acronym worked. So C stands for communicate. And every single person that's been on the show is like, the first thing you got to do is you got to communicate with, your team. You got to be real with them. Like, you know, we were talking about when we made the big mistake in eight crow. I mean, nobody's making a mistake right now, you know, so it's even easier to sit there and go, guys, 
I don't know what's going to happen, but th- these are the things that we're trying to do to, to keep it good. You right. know, nobody planned for this. Nobody planned for this. Right. So you gotta, you gotta communicate with your team, even if they're laid off, like, look, some people are having to get laid off and you want those technicians back. I mean, you, t- technicians don't grow on trees, right? You can't just go down to the local labor place and grab a water damage technician. Can't go down to Home, Home Depot. No, you can't. Oh, and, um, you know, so <laughs> even if you had to lay them off, call them every day, text them every day, just thinking about you. I, I hope you're doing okay. Is there anything I can do? You might not even be able to do much, but they know that you care about them. And don't do it just because you want them to stay. Do it because you're a good human being and you care about them. Right. Right. The other thing is you got to communicate with your clients. Marketing. You know, now's the time to double down. I mean, Darren, you lived through the recession of 2008. You know, who do you call? You start calling your clients. Same thing. Don't be the predatory guy that we're seeing on Instagram trying to, you know, instill fear to get work. Call up your clients and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't even ask for work. I guarantee you they'll either give you work now, if, if that's possible, it, or they'll say, we'll give you work when, when it's safe again. Sure. You know, uh, you know, keep in front of those. It's time to double down. And, you know, the phone works two ways. You don't have to wait for it to be an incoming call. Go call those clients. You know, if you have vendors, creditors, you got to be in communication with them. Don't be the guy who just disappears when he owes money because you might be able to stay afloat during this period, even if you're not really bringing income in because you're communicating with that creditor saying, look, you know, I've never missed a payment in 10 years with you guys, but I might miss a couple until, you know, you're going to get some latitude there. Right. And, you know, same with your vendors, you know, they rely on your buying things from them to stay afloat. So you want to be in, in, in talks with them. I know uh, we had Jonah Coyan on who owns Ruder Hero in California. I think they have, they run about 250 plumbing trucks. I mean, it's a pretty big wow. outfit. And he said in 2008, you know, one of the first things they did was they were the ones calling the vendors all the time. And what happened? The vendors, anything they heard, they were giving it to Ruder Hero, you know, because their other com- the other companies that were, they weren't calling the vendors. So call your vendors, you know, and then you, you just have to be thinking about this in the sense that you have to, you have to be proactive to do the right things. Right. Right. And that's really what it boils down to. Um, and then, I'm sorry, flipping through my notes. I just wrote the thing, Darren. So. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the R stands for realistic. You have to, you know, John Maxwell says in Leadership Gold that the, the leader's job is to, find, to define reality. Mm-hmm. Leadership Gold is my favorite Maxwell book because I think it applies to blue-collar service businesses better than any of his other books. It's very practical, little lessons, and one of them is define reality. You know, you can't go in every day and say, guys, it's going to be all good. We're going to blow up next week. That might not be the case. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you think, Darren, they respect you more if you give them really what's going on? Yeah. yeah don't, don't give, give them, them a, a sense, sense of false hope. hope no. Then they start resenting you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you just need to be real with people and you need to be 
honest and open with them too. It's hard, you know, when you're a business owner, you like to keep that, that buffer sometimes between you and your team. And that's one of the things that I'm really trying to push is that you don't need the buffer to be so big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the buffer needs to be smaller mm -hmm. and you need to be, you know, more in touch with them because look, they're nervous, right? I mean, as an employee, you're nervous that, you know, I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. Um, you know, being real with them might be saying, Hey guys, you know, I really want you back, but I think we're going to get slow. Maybe you should file unemployment. Exactly. You, you know, that's mm -hmm. being real. And they'll appreciate that more than egging them on that we're going to get so busy, but then the phone never rings. Mm -hmm. right. They'll re resent that. Uh, I stands for innovate. You know, we, we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier is that, you know, Darren, you just said before your company did a, a COVID-19 cleaning today. And I mean, granted, you're in the restoration industry, but that's a pivot. How many COVID-19 uh, cleanings have you ever done before today? None. None. I mean, you got to get the right training and have the right equipment and the right know-how. But if there's something in your realm that you can do, you need to pivot toward that, you know? Sure. Um, even if you're like, let's say you're a cleaning or a janitorial company and you don't really have that much work. Could you call a local restoration company and say, Hey, I've got four guys sitting on the bench. You know, we're not, we're not COVID cleaners, but if you have work, I'd be happy to sub in to do work with you. I mean, that might be enough to keep your doors open. Right. And those guys probably don't have enough workers. And you know, if you're a janitor, then a COVID-19 cleaning wouldn't be that far out of your realm as long as they teach you proper PPE and, and you know, all that. Before just the proper procedure. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you can't just sit there and be glued to your phone and look at gloom and doom. You got to say, well, okay, what could we do? You know, I don't have right. the answer for every person. Sure. But, um, and then the S stands for stability. That leader, they want somebody there that, is being honest and forthright and caring about them and just creating some stability in a completely unstable situation. Look, you know, for some guys, and you know this, Darren and Allie, that's not easy. That They're more technician types. They're in, in super independent and all that. But now, Mark Cuban said it the other day, that the companies that treat their, don't treat their workers right versus the ones that will, will be remembered for decades. So you got to step up mm -hmm. and, and do that. The other I stands for income. You got to make the phone ring. You got you to gotta make it happen. And it's those things that we talked about, you got to get everybody calling your clients. You've got to find ways to get work somehow, some way, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if you're not getting work for today because there is no work, can you be setting up work for down the road? Well, oh, absolutely. As this starts to lift. And then, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, hopefully you can hang on, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, yeah, I just think, I think too many guys look at all this, like, oh, I have no control over this. So I just can't, there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. And that's there's always something to do. There's always something to do. And also if you're stressed out business owner, I know what that feels like way too much doing something always feels better than doing nothing yeah you know you feel like well you know you can go to bed going well i don't know if anything i did today has any meaning but i did everything i could do right, right. you know well it's, it's better, better than, than 
coming home and watching television for 10 hours. Yeah. You know, watching you know, news and getting watching the news. Up. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. And then the last S stands for safety because, you know, I mean, granted for you guys like you and I, that it's the forefront of our business, but that's for mm -hmm. every business, whether you own a restaurant or hardware sure. store, you've got to find a way to keep your people safe and your customers safe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, nobody really knows the answer to how to manage that yet. But, you know, there's still places you can go. And uh, there are consultants that are, are selling, um, you know, kind of like safety protocol for COVID, at least in our, at least in like field service industry. Right. Yeah, yeah. There, there is here too. Yeah. So, I mean, I just wrote that book and, you know, I'm sending it out to our whole email list. You know, I mean, it doesn't cost anything. I'm just sending it out because, look, if, if a few guys can get a couple good ideas out of that, then it was worth me taking a day to write it. Do you mind, mind if we send it out? No, send it out. Let me fix the, let me fix the grammatical errors. And, you and then say, yeah, do that it. and then send it back to me. And then I'll, I, mean, I just yeah. sent you those two books because I wanted to, to get this info out, which sure. I appreciate yeah. you giving me a venue to do. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're trying to get this in as many hands as we can just in hopes that it, it, it helps someone. You know, I, I believe in the Zig Ziglar principle that if you help enough people get what it is that they want, you'll always have enough what it is that you want. I agree as well. So, yeah. Cool. All right. My turn? Yeah. All right. So our last question in closing, um, what is going to be one thing that you would tell people when it comes to running a business? Okay. I believe the one thing that people need to do is embrace the fact that they need to be very close to their team. And when I say close, I mean, first and foremost, creating a stable work environment that they like to come to, you know, because an unstable owner creates an unstable work environment. Oh yeah. Um, you need systems. It's unfair to them not to have a systematized workplace because then they're guessing every single day as to whether they can please the boss or not. It, that's not really a good way to operate. So be close to your team, have systems in place, and then first and foremost, train them on the soft skills. I mean, yes, train them technically. That, to me, that's a right. given. Right. But, you know, I think the greatest missing link in, in, in service businesses, but it probably is all businesses, is that, companies don't invest enough time, energy, and effort into getting their team to be able to create the same level of service or better than the owner. You know, I want my guys to go out in the field and be better than I would be, you know? Right. And I think, Allie, the biggest thing that I would tell these owners who sit and complain and complain and complain is that they have to change their mindset. And I think after this is kind of played out with coronavirus, it's going to be more important than ever because look, I think the, I think the unemployment um, reached 10 million today. I think I mean, so 10 too. million. So all of a sudden blue collar trades couldn't get anybody for years and years and years. All of a sudden there's going to be a glut of people who are untrained, but yeah, are probably smart people who are looking for jobs. So all of a sudden these companies, which are going to be very busy, I think when this is over, because a lot of maintenance is being deferred, yeah. you can all of a sudden, this is a perfect opportunity to build the company that you really should have. 
And I think if you don't, you're going to pay the price because those good people are going to turn around and be like, I have the pick of jobs and I'm going to take the company with the best owner, the best culture, and the best training. Because mm-hmm. my experience has been is that those are the happiest places to work with the best people. Sure. Absolutely. So cool. That's right. So um, Eric, tell me or tell our, tell our listeners, I already know how to get a hold of you. Do you? Um, yeah. <laughs> Usually texting me nasty stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our listeners how to, how to get a hold of you, how to, how to uh, yep. get some help with the soft skills. Okay. Uh, first place would be go to our website, morningtechmeeting.com. And then the signups on there, there's some free videos that they can watch. Um, we're running a trial for a dollar for a month. So you get, you know, 20 videos for a buck. Wow. Because you know, we want people to be able to try it out before they, they go. Sure. So uh, go on there. And then uh, you can email me, eric at morningtechmeeting.com. Or call us 800-371-9412. Great. Sweet. Okay. Well, hey, I want to uh, thank, thank you for, for joining us. us. Um, oh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And, and Darren, uh, I want to thank you. I think you've been on our podcast three times, if I'm not mistaken. I think maybe so, four. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate it when you come on. Well, hey, I enjoy it a lot. And, thank you. Uh, you guys are kind of the ones that have pushed Allie and I into the podcasting thing. Cause I never really thought about it until, you know, I think one of the things that we have been really, really good at with each other over the years is stealing each other's stuff. <laughs> Can I tell a quick story? Sure. <laughs> so when we, when we first met and Larry and I were just getting into restoration, we, we went and, and saw your brother first and then he gave us a whole bunch of stuff. And then you had just had your brand new Chevy truck wrapped and it was in, at the other location. Uh-huh. Your brother doesn't even know me. And then hands me the keys and says, yeah, can you drive that two hours over to Burley? Right. And give it to my brother. Yeah. I and I'm like that. sitting there looking at Larry going, huh? <laughs> and then, and this is the good part though. And then you guys literally gave us like a stack of your marketing materials that you probably had spent a lot of years working on and said, go use them. And then the implementing part of Larry and I is we did. Right. Right Right down to stealing your logo. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that very well. (laughs) So yeah, I don't feel a bit bit bad about stealing anything from you. So you steal away, man. You can take anything you want. (laughs) All right, brother. I appreciate it. All All right, everyone. So thank you so much, Eric, for being here. Um, thanks for, uh, your friendship and living life together over the years. No, I appreciate it too. Uh, we got to get Allie on our podcast as well. There, there you go. go. Heck I'm yeah. Sure she'd be happy to do it. She's, <laughs> She's got, got a lot of great insight. insight and, all right. Um, well, well, let's talk. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right. Well, you Thank have you. a great night. Thanks, Thanks for joining you. us and everyone else. We will uh, talk, talk to you soon. soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.